0: From a secret location in Room 100 of 540 Jack Gibbs Boulevard, this is Craft. I'm your host, Doug Dangler. Singer-songwriter Rebecca Fraser will perform in Columbus on Friday, December 4th, with Six String Concerts, along with Ken Yates. More information about that concert is available at CraftTheShow.com. Welcome to Craft, Rebecca Fraser.
1: Well, thank you so very much for having me, Doug. It's great to be here.
0: And it's a return trip. For you, since you were here not that that long ago, and were so well received, they demanded your return.
1: Well, it was an honor. They they wrote me back and asked if I'd like to come. Um, it, it's actually it was 2015 that I played there in January, and we had a fantastic time.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, when you're out and uh, touring things like this, how frequently do you get to return to uh, a place like uh, the same place? Do you get to be the a returning champion on something like that. How often does that happen?
1: Uh, It really just depends on uh, time of year. I am a mom, and I don't tour full-time. I tour mostly in the summertime in the fall. So um, if it fits with my schedule, I'll come back. Um, And it was a great honor when they asked.
0: Is the summertime in the fall because the kids are not in school and they can travel with you? Or what makes the season better, just more festivals in the summer?
1: There are lots more festivals in the summertime, and okay. I'm able to. Um, my children are now; one of them is in grade school, so I can't pull him out. Um, so I have to work out a lot of grandparent care. And um, yes, there are more festivals in the summer and fall.
0: Okay, I just imagined um, sort of like a touring family band where you're all in the van and they're helping you with, you know, write the new song, uh, the new single. <laughs> like what is the uh, the the Partridge Family kind of thing? Where each kid yeah. gets an instrument.
1: Well, actually, lately, my kids, uh, they're now three and six, they are getting more and more musical every day, and they're both in piano lessons, and they do they do help me write somehow. Sometimes they'll sing little melodies, and I'll be like, sing that again. I'm like, that'd be a cool song. Mm-hmm. So I think um, songs are wherever you want to find them.
0: I think maybe it would be helpful to point out to them that Mozart had already written a concerto or something by the time he was six. So, you know, that would really help motivate them, I think. <laughs> Just. Uh, yeah, them. well,
1: my son can play jerk in and Straw, so.
0: Oh, okay, cool. So you are uh, described as a musical triple threat with lyrics, vocals, and picking. So tell me about how you developed those those three aspects because usually people will have one or two but not generally uh, are lucky enough to have all three. Um,
1: what were the three again? That- <laughs> Did you say? So- <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, I I actually. You know what my mom calls? um, She calls it um, pots on the burner. Right. And sometimes some of them are getting attention, and some of them aren't. Mm -hmm. And um, I have learned that I'm happiest when when I can compartmentalize in that manner. So there are periods where I'm like completely devoted to guitar my development of, of those skills, and I might not write a song for a year. And then sometimes um, in order to come up with great material, for me, and I know, this, I know everybody's different, for me it works best to treat songwriting like a job and just get into songwriting mode, creating mode. And in that phase, I don't put any pressure on myself with my guitar picking or you know not that i'm constantly putting pressure on myself but i'm not sitting there with the metronome doing scales and arpeggios and working on technical guitar stuff i'm just trying to allow myself to you know allow creative ideas to come and inspiration and put in put in the time honestly on editing songs and completing them okay.
0: that's an interesting choice of a verb to say editing songs i mean it suggests um like you said it's a job um, that you're sitting down saying, "All right, I've got this thing, and I'm just going to keep editing it and sort of uh, working on it in a in a professional capacity to make it work," which is sort of different from the you know the tortured uh, songwriter in a a lonely room working on songs that come out of you know the pain of the heart.
1: It's a lonely room, all right. No, actually I just saw Elizabeth Gilbert speak recently. She wrote the um not the book Eat Pray Love. And she put out a book on creativity called Big Magic that I have adored because she calls it part Yankee pragmatism and part fairy dust. So there is the part where, you know, even if you're not feeling that perfect inspirational moment, you are going to sit down and pull out that song that was half-written three months ago and, you know, listen to it, see what parts are good, see what parts are not so great. And um, weirdly enough, inspiration kind of hits because you're like an open open receiver at that point, you know. And um, sometimes it doesn't, but there's plenty of other things that you can do with that time, like organize older songs that maybe hadn't seen the light of day Mm-hmm. I recently found a song from 2009 in my um, in my old song songs that I completely had forgotten I'd written. And since I'm about to record coming up, I was like, this is good enough, uh, you know, to record. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't spent the time to go back through all that stuff, it might have never um, reappeared, you know?
0: Right. When you're in Columbus uh, on December Forth. Tell me about some of the songs that you might sing. I'm thinking that you're going to have some of them off When We Fall, your latest release.
1: Yes, I will. And this, um, this time when I visit, it will be with a trio. We will have me on guitar and vocals and clawhammer banjo. We will have a um, wonderful mandolinist from my band, Isaac Eicher, who is a national mandolin champion. And we will have uh, Robert Trapp on banjo and singing. And um, he'll also play a little bit of fiddle, too. And we are going to do hit-and-run songs from the older hit-and-run albums. And we'll do songs from When We Fall. And we recently talked about maybe even doing a Christmas song, if that's okay with you guys. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's certainly uh, you know close to the season uh, to do Christmas songs. Are there particular uh, country Christmas songs? I guess that that you go for, or are you more traditionalist in what you might choose? And I recognize that this is a, a potential. <laughs>
1: well, I I'm kind of like a Christmas nerd myself, so I I love all all types of Christmas. But um, there are there are some like bluegrassier Christmas songs. Have you ever heard Phil Rose, "Christmas Times Are Coming"?
0: Um. Maybe. I mean, uh, you probably have to play it, and after halfway through the song, I'd say, oh, yeah, I recognize that, because that's just how <laughs> quickly my mind works.
1: Well, uh, we might do that one, but um, honestly, I, I'm I'm a big sap, and I love the older stuff from the American Songbook, you know, like Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire and all those great songs, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Right, so you, is that... Something that you play a lot for your kids uh, when you say that you're a big Christmas nerd. I'm curious about, like, what's Christmas like at, at your household? You just make them sit down and listen to you go through the songbook.
1: <laughs> Actually, I don't make them listen to me. I, uh, if we weren't, my kids are napping right now. And mm-hmm. if you and I were not talking right now, I would be playing Christmas carols on the piano. So, <laughs> okay. I, I've been playing piano since I was five, and I don't ever do it publicly, but I have like <laughs> a huge repertoire of Christmas music that I love to
0: play. But that, that must pre uh, be before you were playing guitar, right? I mean, your, your piano playing must be very good. Uh, how is it that that doesn't get brought out into the public?
1: Um, actually, it's because I mostly play bluegrass festivals. So for one, it's just not practical.
0: Right. Um, Harder to carry around a piano.
1: Yeah, for two, um, well, I mean, I guess Sally Ann Forrester did play um, play keys with Bill wrote some, so there is a little bit of a history with, with piano and the style that I play, but um, I have definitely toy- toyed with the idea of doing more of a folky... Um, Scene at some point with a you know a songwriter record that has piano tunes on it also, but for now since my vehicle is you know rolling down the road in a van with, with bluegrass guys, that's that's just what I've been presenting to the uh, to the world.
0: Okay, so it isn't as though you you feel that you can't play, you're not allowed to go into that. It's the the sort of physical realities of something like the piano versus the guitar that makes that makes perfect sense and why the children have no choice when you play because they're there and the piano is there I like that
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but note that I do it while they're napping right <laughs> That way there's nobody fighting in the background. So, fighting over that one toy,
0: right? So that they, you only play when they're napping. So that they have this musical accompaniment to all of their sleep. Is that what you're saying? <laughs>
1: yeah, and I mean, when when the family's here at Christmas, um, we sing, you know, all of the carols. I guess my dream, since they're both learning piano, my dream is that you know they'll they'll be proficient in piano as. Whether they become, you know, physicists or doctors or whatever they want to be, but that they could sit down and just enjoy a sing along, you
0: know. Now, for somebody who's, uh, you know, well known and well respected in the bluegrass tradition, to say that you want them to be physicists, doctors, and play piano part time, it <laughs> sounds to me like there's a little suggestion there that you're not saying <laughs> kids grow up and do what mom does and travel the country playing bluegrass uh, flat picking.
1: Yeah. I- yeah, like, my son is not inspired at all. He he told me, I mean, to be a professional musician, he doesn't see, I don't think he sees really what we do yet, because we do so much touring without the kids. Mm-hmm. So for him, it seems to represent just being gone, you know. <laughs> but when they do come see us play, they're they're really excited about it, but but he, my son was never like, oh, I, I wish I could do that. Mm-hmm. He told me he wants to build robots for a living.
0: So. Oh, well, that that makes sense. It's uh, not at all sort of ironic that, that that would be the choice, you know, the sort of the antithesis of the traditional bluegrass feeling of humanity and a people and the struggle of, of people <laughs> that he yeah. would say, I want to build robots.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully there won't be like a huge artificial intelligence movement, you know really right. demanding
0: his, his or skills. he's he's going to be play, building a guitar playing robot to put all you know all the people out of out of work. Um, <laughs> Rebecca Frazier I want to thank you very much for talking to me today on Craft and we look very forward to you coming to Columbus to perform with Six String Concerts on Friday December 4th along with Ken Gates. Well
1: we thank you so very much. Excited to be there.
0: For more information from my guests, visit www.crafttheshow.com. This is Doug Dangler. Until next time, be creative.